The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his work, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Verses that I just read from here in Hebrews 13 are uh, benediction. And that word benediction comes from the Latin, and it, it's basically all it means is a blessing. A blessing. It's an expression of the heart of the writer in the form of a prayer. And it desires goodness and well being for the people that it is coming out over. As we read through the New Testament letters, we see that uh, there are a number of uh, writers who end their letters with a benediction. We see it in uh, the, the letter to the Romans, we see it in the Corinthians, in the letters to the Corinthians, we see it in, in June. If you've been a part of this church for, uh, for any time, you know that uh, many times our, uh, our service leaders will conclude our service together with a benediction, pronouncing the blessing of God. And so I felt that the words of a benediction were also a fitting way to conclude my ministry here at North Pine as your pastor. Hebrews 13, verses 20 to 21, has been described as some of the most powerful and beautiful words of blessing in all of Scripture. One commentator says, These words gather up the passionate concern of the writer for his leader's spiritual growth. And they stress the major factors that make such growth possible. Things such as the God of peace, the blood of the eternal covenant, the resurrection of Jesus, his shepherd's care for his sheep, the indwelling life of God himself, the equipping of the Spirit, 
came to please God for the eternal glory and presence of Jesus Christ. All this is in one glorious outpouring of good wishes and confident certainty. And so I can think of no better words to leave you with than these today. As they encapsulate my heart's desire for you as the God of Now, the author's main point of this benediction is that he says that his desire that God will is this, that he will equip the believers with all they need in order for them to be able to do God's will and bring glory to Jesus Christ. We see that in verse 21, where it says that may the God of peace equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight in Jesus Christ. This is the central focus of this particular benediction. And what the, uh, what the writer is wanting to do here is to make that the focus, but to also build around that a wonderful and beautiful structure. The word is a script that the writer refers to here is a is a word in the original language that expresses a fundamental idea of, of putting uh, something right, of, of building something so that it actually is put in its appropriate condition so that it will function in a way that it should be suitable. It conveys the idea of, of making something whole by, by fitting it together and ordering it and arranging it properly. This word is used of a, of a doctor mending a, uh, or setting a broken bone in a, in a person's body, or sailors who would uh, refit and repair a ship ready for a voyage. It would be used of those fishermen who would, would after the, the, the night fishing, would sit on the beach and mend their nets, putting them in order, ready for the, the next night fishing. And it was also used of a, a soldier uh, being equipped for the battle that was about to be waged. And that all these images put to Christ is, is a God who is a God who is able to and wants to make us fit, wants to make you and me fit for, for in every way possible to do His will on earth. And as our Savior, He seeks to mend that which is broken, to restore that which is battered and bruised. Prepare us and to save us and give us all that we need in order to carry out this good purpose in our lives. But before he gets to this point, he sets out a wonderful foundation that gives you a life of confidence and hope, and hopefully will give us the confidence and hope that what is asked for here is also assured for God's people based on who God is and what he has already done for us. Jesus. It begins by referring to God as the God of peace. This term peace translates the Hebrew word shalom. It carries with it a, a meaning itself of, of wholeness and, and completeness, of goodness, of harmony and well-being. It's a beautiful word and it just encapsulates wanting everything that is very, very best for the person that it is. That it is. You know, it is only in God that we discover the fullness of this 
through God that each of us will experience His truth in our lives. But the most significant aspect that the writer is bringing out and referring to God as the God of truth is the fact that if we why we can experience the peace of God in our lives is this idea of God, the God of peace bringing about reconciliation between Himself and human beings. A bringing peace between two warring parties. God Himself is the God of peace because He has taken, He alone has taken the initiative to reconcile to Himself those who were his enemies, you and me. Our sin, my sin, and your sin have separated us from the Holy God and the life that is found in him. And our sin places us, each and every one of us, under his righteous judgment, meaning that we are all in that fallen state destined to come under God's wrath and punishment. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, the Apostle Paul writes, you know, as for you, we were, you, you were dead. As for all of us, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. And he goes on to say that because of that, by nature we were children of wrath. And then, in, in other words, we were children destined for wrath. That was only, the only thing that we could be guaranteed of in our lives, the wrath of God to come upon us. And yet God in His grace and mercy provided the means to which our sins could be paid for and that we ourselves could find forgiveness from Him and be brought into His wonderful kingdom. That He would bring peace to Him For while we were still weak, that is why we were still powerless to save ourselves, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, how do we let those words become just a phrase that we just hear so often in church? Don't ever lose the importance and the significance and the love behind those words. We have now been justified by His blood. How much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God? For if while we were His enemies, God, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, 
and how much more now that we are the Christ than we have More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom we through Him we have now received reconciliation. If there is one thing that we as Christians can rejoice over in this life, Directed God that what the writer of the Hebrews refers to here is the blood of the eternal covenant. Now, a covenant is a, is a contract of an agreement. And the Bible uses this idea of covenant to describe the terms by which sinful human beings are able to relate to a holy God. The Bible uses this idea to in the Old Testament where God relates to his people through a covenant of, of law and obedience. If the people obey God, then He will bless them. But if they disobey, then God will curse them. But that wasn't God's final plan. It was just to show the people that they could never ever live up to God's perfect and righteous and holy rule. And it was to, to I guess, to, to, to try and, 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 and get from their hearts a, a real desire for, for something much, much better. That God would provide a way in which the, the, the sins could be forgiven once and for all instead of you know, having to come and sacrifice week after week or day after day with these sacrifices of animals before God. They wanted something whereby they knew that their sins could be done with once and for all. Of course, the writer of the Hebrews explains that in his letter when he talks about the fact that Jesus did that for once for all. Reflecting on this 
this aspect of this, 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 this blood of the eternal covenant. And he's reflecting on what that must have been you know, in the mind of God in eternity past, because this covenant was actually in the mind of God even before anything was created. He, he says this, he says, you know, he's just, he's just reflecting on what might have been going on there in the mind of God there in the eternity past. And he puts all these beautiful words as he contemplated the eternal covenant. Speaking of God, he says, I, the most high Jehovah, do hereby give unto my only begotten and well beloved Son, a people. A people countless beyond the number of saints, who shall be by him washed and sealed, and by him preserved, and kept, and led, and by him at last. Presented before my throne without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I covenant by oath and swear by myself, because I can swear by my brother, that these whom I now give to my son Jesus shall be forever the object of my eternal love. Then I will secure through the merit of the blood. And to thee will I give a perfect righteousness. Thee will I adopt and make my sons and daughters. And thee shall reign with me through Christ eternity. What words, hey? What words? This same covenant that Jesus spoke of at the last supper with his disciples when he took the cup and said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Take it and drink. We need to drink this cup. With the love and the blood and the mercy of God. Christ sacrificed his sin, his death and Sufficient to satisfy the righteous demands of God and His law, because His resurrection is God's confirmation of that fact. That's what the writer goes on to say: that may, that may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the sacrifice is sufficient to satisfy those righteous demands. Romans four twenty four to twenty five says that He, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses, but he was loving for our justification. And that's 17, 30-31 says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. And that has been, been set by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising that same man, Jesus Christ, from the dead. I tried to make the gospel the center of my ministry here at this time because 
the only issue that we have is the people of God to hold on to and to protect. This is my one final opportunity to say to you today if you have not prepared in this respect of your relationship, God has put today a day that is coming and is coming back, where He indeed will judge everyone based on how they have responded to Jesus Christ and His death, resurrection, and ascension to heaven. And He has fixed that day where He will indeed judge the world, and He has confirmed this day through the fact that He raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus' resurrection assures us that that day is coming, a day when we will all be raised from the dead and appear before God in all His holiness, in all His righteousness, and to shine in all of His holy blood. Thank you. 
in chapter 2, that speaks to the same things in 2 Peter 1, verse 3, where it says, His, speaking of God's divine power, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Paul speaking of the same reality in Philippians 2, verses 12 to 13, says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work, according to his good pleasure. How does it work? He needs to believe it because he is. God has promised to be at work in you and through you. And you need to rejoice in that and have a great confidence and hope in that. As you move forward into the unknown future, you go forward knowing that God is with you, in you, and working through you. That should give you the most you know, incredible confidence to live the Christian life that you could ever have. You know, there's a, um, there's a movie, uh, it's called The Blind Side. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's about a, uh, about a fellow, uh, an African-American fellow who uh, was basically uh, grew up in a, in a really horrible family situation and was, just, uh, was kind of taken in by a fairly rich and wealthy family. And he had a bit of a talent for playing American football. And he was what's described, uh, with the position he played is what's called left tackle. So uh, the, the quarterback is the guy who stands behind the, the scrimmage line. I'm talking about the sport in this case. He stands behind the scrimmage line. And what the, opposi- what the, uh, the opposition has to try to do is come through those line of bodies to get to the quarterback to stop him from passing the ball. And, and William, uh, I think, yeah, William Ball's job was to defend the quarterback from these mountainous men trying to charge through and get the quarterback. And this guy was the size of a freak. Like, he was huge. He's bigger than Josh. Like, he, you know, like, Josh is a big guy. He's a strong, big guy. But this guy would make Josh look like me and Josh, you know, next to Josh. And so the quarterback knew that with William there in the defensive line, he was pretty good. He had it pretty safe. So anyone was going to try and come through there, not no way in the world. William was going to stand there and he was going to block anyone or anything from coming through. The quarterback had it good. And folks, we have that. Even greater confidence in the sense knowing that God is the one who's running that game to the As you go forward, there is only one way in which you will be able to accomplish the purposes of God, and that is as you hold firmly tight to Jesus Christ. As you cling firmly to Him and remain in Him. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, 
visit npbc.org.au. 